Hey guys, thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode of On The Beat. Have you rated or reviewed us yet? If not, why? The best way for us to grow is by sharing us with your friends and rating and reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify has a new rating feature right on our podcast front page. It is super easy, and the more five-star ratings and reviews we get, the better it is for us to grow. If you screenshot and DM us your review, we'll share the most flattering ones on an upcoming episode. Thank you so much for listening, and your support is marvelous and appreciated. Well, hello there. Welcome to On The Beat, the podcast that uncovers full frontal male nudity in cinema. My name is Laura, and I am joined by my co-host, my lovely, lovely co-host. So much more than that, even. Ryan. Why would you call a child Norval? Like, where does Norval come from? I was really thinking about looking up the origins of that name. Yeah. And I, have, like, I didn't do it. Because I was like, I was like, huh. Because it's close to Orville. And the only Orville I know of is of the green bird puppet um, from back home. Orville. Oh. Yeah. Orville uh, Redenbacher. Aye. Uh, it was like puppet. Popcorn. Yeah. What was his name? Was it Keith? Keith something or other. He's dead now. But uh, yeah, he used to do. Used to have a. He had a. He had a funny monkey called uh, bananas or peanuts or something. Um, and they had a song. I wish I could fly up to the sky, but I can't. Would you like to know that uh, the origins of this name is Scottish? That uh, doesn't fucking surprise me. <laughs> I would like to talk about the 2019 horror comedy "Come to Daddy." Starring Elijah Wood as Norval, Stephen McHattie, Michael Smiley, and Martin Donovan are also in this movie. Okay. Aye, that's tires from Spaced. Yes. 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 That's like one of only a couple of things that Edgar Wright's done well. I love Michael Smiley. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. Funny. Yeah, he's pretty funny. Um, yeah, this isn't to be associated with in any way, shape, or form with the Aphex Twin track, Come to Daddy. Which we all know of. I did not remember that song. Right. Until last night. Remember the video though, Chris Cunningham video. It's basically got like that that fucking ghoulish ogre thing screaming in an old lady's face. Oh god. I, and I'm also <laughs> Oh god, fuck no. Oh my god. Well I'm pretty sure that, that song was also in one of the CKY videos. Okay. Well I'm sure it's I'm sure it's in other things. Um, but, but yeah, anyway, I thought we'd just put that out there just in case. But just, there is another Just to clarify in case song. anyone's, in case anyone's, uh, well, I would say that's the original that I remember. It's been remixed plenty of times and I'm, I'm assuming, and I'm going to assume because we live in an age where everyone does like a kind of softer edged version of an older song to stick in like a trailer or something. Okay. You know, it's usually a soft female vocalist and it's really slow. And you're always kind of like, oh, I think I've heard that song before. And you're like, no, it's just a really slow version of like fucking Culture Club or something. You know what I mean? I have, I genuinely have no idea what you're talking about right now. Right, okay. But the end of this movie um, has an Aphex Twin song in it. Okay. Is it the actual track or is it like yeah. what I said before? Like it's no. the kind of the soft, the soft version. Of no, the, it's the real song. Of the actual thing. It's like the sad, soft, depressing version of a... 
of the song. I would, I'll get some. I'll get some stuff up and maybe let you listen to it all. But like, it's yeah. Okay, but it ends with an Aphex Twin song. So, okay. uh, and it's it's a very popular one. It's it's like it's not April fourteenth. It's A V R I L fourteenth. April fourteenth. Yeah. yeah. Well, they named their stuff kind of funny. It's kind of like Otesha. Otesha does kind of the same thing. Um. Yeah, I like all that sort of stuff. But uh, yes, I um, do want to say right off the bat or a little bit in, I love this movie. I really think this movie is very funny and fine. very weird. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, it was directed by Ant Timpson. So yes. do you, you got some words for me on Ant? Only a few. He's not, there's not a lot to kind of go on really. I'd say like he's, he's not new because I think he's been, he's been in the film business since like the nineties. Um, but he's probably he's produced more than he's directed. Come to Daddy in two thousand nineteen is his only film that he's directed. So that's effectively his directorial debut. I think yes. that's what we'll call it. But he has has his hand in in a few other things. And I'm only kind of mentioning the ones that I that I recognize. Sensor that came out in twenty one, twenty twenty one. Sorry, um, which was which was which was decent. Yeah, um, you watched that, and I didn't. I wasn't here, so I didn't get to. Watch it with you. I haven't I watched seen it, it on, yet. Well, I watched it on Hulu. I think it's probably still on Hulu. I think it's fine. Okay. And I think like my truncated review of that movie is that it starts off well, the middle is all over the place, and it ends well. Okay. So it's kind of yeah, it's kind of it's a it's a bit uneven, and I guess like that's the state of independent horror films as I feel it is right now. Is it's kind of kind of all follows that sort of framework, but. Um, he also produced Sensor. He produced the Greasy Strangler, which we're yet to see. Yeah. Um, and he also produced, uh, or at least had a hand in uh, the two ABCs of Death that came out a few years ago, which were uh, like anthology movies, basically. Cool. Um, so yeah, his hand is very much in the in the pie of horror. Um, but yeah, he's he hails from New Zealand. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. Because there's a lot of production company names on the on the front end of Come to Daddy, like to the point where it's maybe it's maybe a little bit too long. Uh, it's like five minutes of uh, of company animations that 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 head the start <laughs> of this movie, where you're just like, holy shit. Yeah. That's that's the guy. I haven't like I say, I haven't really got anything else to kind of say about him. We saw some interviews and stuff like that. Remember, we saw that one interview where Elijah Woods getting interviewed by. And I don't know if Elijah Woods is particularly tall. And then obviously Ant, like they're they're struggling to kind of keep him in frame because he is huge. Yeah, he he's is a, a big massive guy. man. You know, media. <laughs> yeah, Ant Timpson, Timpson, um, I guess has been producing, like you were saying, stuff for so long. And I really do want to watch the Greasy Strangler, but I feel like we tend to watch our movies at dinner time, and I yeah. know that that movie is going to be real gross. Yeah, it's the same reason we haven't um, we haven't sat down to watch Ricky O. Um, yeah, or Society. Like, or Society, like because I know it's going to ruin my dinner. They're going to be a bit. There's going to be. It's going to be a bit slimy, and it's probably going to be a little bit gross. Yeah. So you know, um, even I, even I, kind of draw the line. Even my desensitized self kind of draws the line at like, well, I'm trying to eat my dinner. You know. Yeah, of course. Don't want my stomach start to gargle. <laughs> oh you my know. God. So the synopsis of this film, um, I actually wrote down two because one is very short and one's a little longer. Um, okay. It's I a just, bit greedy. It's a little bit greedy. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I thought one was more to the point and I kind of liked it better. So the short one is, a man in his 30s travels to a remote cabin to reconnect with his estranged father. That is not a tagline. That's that not a is, tagline. It's a synopsis. No, that's the logline. That's what, yeah, that's what this movie is. Oh, okay. The synopsis. That's not the tagline. Oh, okay. The tagline is terrible. But the other synopsis is... <laughs> I wasn't wrong. It wasn't the tagline. <laughs> right. So, okay. After receiving a cryptic letter from his estranged father, Norval travels to his dad's oceanfront home for what he hopes will be a positive experience. If only he'd known the dark truth about his old man beforehand. Hold on, hold on, wait. Which one was the synopsis and which one's the tagline? They tag were both lane? the synopsis. They're both two, they were two different ones. Oh, okay. Right. The tagline is just, it's not a tagline. It, it's um, from the team behind the witch and the greasy strangler. Oh, yeah, that's it's not, not a very good. Yeah. But I said, Those I are you from said, Letterboxd. I thought you said there was two. Uh, two synopses. Oh, two synopses. That I thought I you said two taglines. I might have said that. Yeah, see, that's why I'm confused. Okay. But anyway, um, okay, well, I mean, they both, I think the first synopsis is better because, you know, lends lends more to the imagination as opposed that's to like, true. let me tell you the entirety of the story just minus all the jokes. Yeah, it's like... Just know that something weird's about to happen. Yeah, just in case. One. Yeah, just in case you got forty minutes in and didn't think it was going to twisty turn. Well, it's going to twisty turn. Yes. I didn't know what this movie was going in. This is the second time I've seen this movie, and I I really like Elijah Wood, so I'm that'll pull me in no matter what. Mm. But but the thing is is that it's super fun to not know what is going to happen in this film because it is weird and it's so awkward and funny. And that's kind of what, like what pulled me in because you don't know what's happening until like halfway through the movie. Yeah. I guess like, like there's a, there's elements of it where they're trying to, like it's trying to behave like a horror movie. Um, I'd say I'd say take the horror genre kind of completely out of it. You wouldn't you wouldn't realize it was it it had anything to do with horror. It's more a kind of suspense thriller, uh, comedy. It plays very much for laughs. I mean, you're going into this; it's very silly. Um, certainly, a lot of the dialogue is incredibly uh, lent in a very particular direction, where it is played completely for laughs because there's no aspect of like a lot of these characters that you're meant to take. 100% seriously. Yeah. Well, right off the bat, you have Elijah Wood getting off of a bus wearing this ridiculous outfit. He's got and a look. this hat and this mustache, which I'm mm. a fan of. But luckily, he loses that hat right away. It was a terrible hat. But then you're, you're revealed with this well, ridiculous yeah. haircut. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, he loses the hat, but he does not lose the hair. Um, <laughs> uh, the mustache is fine. Yeah. He's got a very particular look. I mean, at one point he wears a jumper that has holes in the elbows and, and, and the sleeve continues to flow. And I don't I don't fully understand that. Um, he's a bit he's a bit arty farty in the stereotypical sense, I would say. Yeah, they um, they had a style before they even filmed the movie on what they wanted Norval to look like. Mm. And I guess Ant had texted Elijah Wood and said that um he wanted the character to look like Skrillex, the oh, DJ. The, the DJ. Yeah. He's repping fat beats. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And 
Um, and I think the, the haircut came about because there's a lot of L.A. douchebag type of people, uh, probably baristas, that have that type of haircut. It's a look I've seen before. And I'm not going to judge too many people on this particular look because, guys, let's be honest, I have a very particular look and it's a t-shirt and jeans. I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, I'm settled into my my later life lifestyle and it's basically, yes. yeah, it's basically a nicely brightly colored t-shirt, maybe has something offensive on it, and then just a, just a pair of trousers. Very stubborn man you are. Yeah, but you know what? It's not the clothes that maketh the man. I'm pretty sure someone said that at some point. <laughs> um, but y- yeah, no, I think. Well, he like, called it. Do... He called it L.A. douchebaggery. Yeah, is what uh, Aunt Timpson said. I wouldn't even say it's 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 L.A. specific. I mean, I've seen that sort of stuff before. It looks. The problem is, it just it's it seems like incredibly impractical clothing. It's, it's like fashion, baby. All style, no substance. Like, that's just kind of what it is. Well, I think that um, was kind of the problem with that. I mean, that shows the character itself. Yeah. Is that he's trying to layer everything on top because he is insecure and, you know, not a success. As okay. he wants to, you know, he wants to feel and and, and show off that he is very su- successful. Yeah, I guess, like, that's one of one of the primary issues I have with with characters being written this way or certainly characters that are reflecting i guess like millennial culture is that they lean super heavy into like this sort of stuff you know to the point where it is becoming a little bit of a stereotype well why would you have a problem with a character being like that no his character gets better but on the face of it it's literally like he's He's just pandering to to stereotypical millennial behavior, right? But that you know? I mean, that's that's how the character is. Like he is terrible, and you're not meant to really like him all that much, but you still need to root for him. Yes, it's like you have someone that's a douchebag, yes, that's a liar, that's I'm a not, little bit pathetic, but then you still want them to succeed. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's a slight against the character. I'm just saying that's just the way it's written and is put together. Like that's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and he does get better. He does get better as the film goes on. But obviously, when you first see it, you're just kind of like, "Ugh, right here we go." Yeah, it's another one of these. Well, also, it, you know, he comes out to be sort of an alien in this world. You have this beautiful landscape, and it's yeah. Well, I mean, without very fucking... green, and you've got the water and this insane-looking house, and you yeah. have this guy just planted here mm-hmm. who very obviously doesn't belong. No, I mean certainly, certainly he took new, no consideration as to what his ears would look like when selecting that haircut. No, so you know, um, just looked like he was going to flap away in the wind. So he, so he's going to meet his father, who apparently had left when he was just five years old. Mm. So he doesn't know him, doesn't really know what he looks like. His mother never talked about him. No, doesn't know. He's never talked to him. No. So it's weird and it's super awkward and walking up to this house after getting a weird letter yeah, to meet his father. It's so weird. He opens up the door and he just goes, dad, and it's, you know, so weird. Yeah. So I guess like, because there's probably going to be ways, I mean, this film's more than three years old at this point. There's going to be spoilers and these are going to be big spoilers um, yeah, that's true. I mean, that. that's. I mean, I, I think most people at this point, from the feedback that we get, is that they want to watch the movie first 
So, I mean, if you've gotten this far, this movie's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. So, so there you will should be, watch it. It's an hour yeah, there and a half be, long. There will be spoilers. We're not going to be reciting any of the jokes and stuff like that. Everyone kind of turns out to be a little bit of a parody of themselves um, until things start to get a little bit more real. You're saying we're not um, going to say any of the jokes? I wrote down a lot of the jokes. It's so I don't funny. Know, well, I don't know if it'll this be funny coming from our mouths. The whole interaction between the father and Norval is so bonkers and i don't know i don't know what it would be like if you're if you're meeting your father after 30 years is that first daddy we naming him first daddy it's daddy it's just daddy yeah from the off it's daddy we're just calling him daddy yeah okay so yeah no when he does meet him for the first time um it seems incredibly plausible that he would be his father and the history that they would have had between themselves would be would be legit. Yeah, of course. You know, because they seem to, I guess, like, and it's a very deliberate thing. And obviously, it is a very deliberate thing. But yeah, the the generational gap uh, in attitudes between the two of them's fairly kind of self evident. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. You know, there's that part where. The- daddy tells him they want to take a selfie picture together to send to to his mom yeah and he pulls out this gold phone and uh norval goes oh well lord gave this phone to me Mm. the artist yeah lord i don't Mm -hmm. know anything about lord i I knew a song i knew a song because i was like oh could i make a lord joke like during the the point of the podcast and then i was just like it's lord like i don't i just don't care it's not my it's not my it's not my generation's music. I just don't, I okay. just don't yeah, I don't have any loving for it whatsoever. It yeah, sounds, I, I, the, the name is familiar to me, but I don't know the music. I'm going to sound like a granddad. It all sounds the same to me. <laughs> oh like, my gosh. Yeah, like <laughs> like Billie Eilish and, and, and Lord and stuff like that. I literally couldn't tell them apart. Okay. Like, there's no way. Um, but yeah, no, he's, he he's gets got the, this phone. gold it's, phone. And it's made of real gold. There's and, only 20 in the world. Yeah, and so the the papa is taking this photo and then drops it over the side of the balcony of this house, plonks on a rock, plonks into the water. Uh, Norval's like, you know, like, like you said, there's only 20 of these in the world. And then yeah. papa goes, oh, there's 19 now, and then just walks away. Yeah. Doesn't give a shit. Well, you you realize like as the film progresses and you remember these things, um, it's a very deliberate reason why he destroys the phone. Oh yeah, fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, There's a sense of there is a sense of unease and and awkward dread throughout the whole half of this movie. Yeah, you're not really a hundred percent sure what's going to happen. I mean, the minute you get to the house, because he's he's walked up to the house. Um, like the house looks rife to become a, a climate disaster, a tragedy at some point. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's right on the shoreline. Like literally, literally, you spit out your window, it's in the ocean. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you are you are right on the water. It's really beautiful. It's idyllic, I would say. Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't think it's particularly practical in the modern sense of the word. Like, I mean. Obviously, the sun's going to destroy itself in seven billion years. More than likely, the tides are going to rise within uh, a fraction of that time. Um, so right. I would certainly, yeah. Well, no, I mean, so the point is, we should just enjoy ourselves now. Yes, yes. Okay. Heroin for everyone. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, they have very interesting interactions and um, interesting conversations. Uh, 
there's a point where Norval is saying that he, you know, lives with his mom still uh, for a time. That's really uh, good. Just, <laughs> he, you know, he's been had a rough couple years and, you know. And then what does the dad say? That's like, well, you must sleep with your mom. <laughs> you still, sleep in the same bed with you your mom. You, you still live bed? at your mom's, yeah. He's like, no, I don't share like, a bed no, with that's her. Not the case. <laughs> what? And he's like, oh, you share a bed with your mom. God. And that, what was that whole part when they end up when they end up sitting um, by the fire and they're just having a chat and then Norval's trying to make himself be, you know, make his dad proud, maybe? Yeah. You know, oh, these are all the amazing things I do. Oh, I'm like a really famous DJ. I'm really famous in the music industry. I'm super produce, big. Yeah. It's like, do I produce blazing beats? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do I tickle the ivories? Yes. Yeah. Hilarious. It was pretty funny. See, I told you. Like, I mean, in context. The thing is, like, the film skirts a super fine line between, you know, trying to take itself seriously, but then obviously not taking itself seriously. I think if you go in here um, taking it as a comedy, you'll have a much better time. Absolutely. And I think that that is a really fun thing about genre films and and horror genre and, and being able to have fun with that. Well, this is the time of, like, there's a real resurgence of the comedy horror now, you know? Yeah. We saw it with Freaky. We saw it with the two Happy Death Days movies. Yeah. You know? Like, there's a real need for stuff to feel a little bit lighter in the horror genre. Like, and this this also does that relatively quite well. I think that it's a really good marriage of the two, and I find that to be some of my favorite type of genre horror films yeah as ones that don't take themselves too seriously but can still be scary yeah because like if you want to think like if we, what would i rather be watching would i rather be watching some of the films that just or the countless stream of like exorcism films that are horror things and they just take themselves far too seriously i do like a spooky ghost movie very much yeah but think, yeah. but these are also um very high up on my list of, of stuff that I would like to watch. Yeah, of course. Because I don't have to uh, worry about having nightmares. <laughs> no, that's very true. But you're not. You wouldn't be scared of like a like a bad daddy. A bad dad. A well, bad I know dad. what my dad looks like. <laughs> and my dad scared me enough when I was a kid because he had the mustache oh, and I don't a motorcycle. Know if you can say stuff like that on the podcast. It's gonna come back to haunt you. you can't no, say things like I'm that. not saying he was a bad dad. I'm just saying he was an intimidating dad. Oh, see, then that's even worse. I don't know Is why. Yeah, of course it is. No, he rode motorcycles. All my friends were scared of him. I don't talk about my dad for obvious reasons, you know. Because you could end up in a situation like this film. Well, no, because I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't answer the letter. What are you talking about? (laughs) I've seen my dad in over a decade at this point. Like, it doesn't really matter. See, you put yourself in Norval's shoes. Yeah, aye. You seen his fucking shoes? (laughs) With the rest of his clothes, yeah, I'd I'd be I'd be questioning myself in the mirror before answering a letter to be like, yeah, what will my dad think of me? This fucking call me a rat fucker and a cunt. <laughs> yeah, they sure do say the word cunt uh, many times, which I appreciate. Well, let's put it this way: like at one point, at one point, Daddy, this is also another thing. Daddy just goes, uh, just tells him a story because he he does this thing where he kind of just tells him random things to to intimidate him. Um, because there's a lot of daddy posturing for the first part of this movie. Yes. You know, it's just like, I'm a man, you know, all this sort of stuff. And he basically, uh, tells the story about how he, uh, he, he kicked someone in the head so hard his ear fell off. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it was an it was accident. Yeah, it was accident. He's like, I can see any sprain. And then that kind of that that becomes something later on and we figure out exactly who that person was. Basically what comes to be is Daddy drinks a bit too much. Yeah. Daddy's a little bit violent. Yeah. And (laughs) Norval Norval confronts him. Basically they find out why did you write the letter? Like why did you ask me to come here? here? Um and uh Daddy gets a knife. He won't. Yeah, he won't answer his question. He he's getting really mad. Oh yeah, he's angry and, and then, he's drinking heavily. He like won't stop drinking. He's like, I think you yeah. sent me the letter because you're an alcoholic. And he grabs a meat cleaver. Yes. And uh, which is, I just want to point out at the at twenty seven minutes and forty three seconds, we get the all the beautiful titular line which i didn't think we'd actually get a titular line in this movie because it's called come to daddy like you think are they actually going to be able to pull this off and they do yeah i think it happens twice well i like i do awesome i do like it i do like it where he's just like he's beckoning him in and he's got the knife in his hand and he's like come to daddy which is exactly what I was wanting. Oh yeah. But the thing it's is my favorite part. And I mean like when we look back on the movie like that first that first section of the film before like a lot of stuff gets revealed that first section of the film is a little strange. It's a little weird. Like I wonder why daddy let it go on for as long as he did maybe two days yeah i'm kind of just like hmm you would probably well, you like heard potentially daddy, have dispatched them you uh, you know what i mean well you heard daddy having conversations with other people and trying yeah. to figure out what to do in the situation yeah i guess like that's kind of how they cover it up that's how they kind of justify it all a little bit because i don't think i don't think that daddy was intending for you know harm well, I, he initially. Didn't, well, he didn't know about the letter because no. spoiler alert. Are you gonna Are you gonna do it? Yeah, fuck it. it was, this film's three years old. Okay. He's not. He's not his daddy. Yeah. He's not his daddy. Bum bum bum. Oh my <laughs> god. So like, daddy didn't even know about the letter. Didn't know anything about him. He's not his daddy. And what kind of comes to be is that you know they call the coroners. These the the body ends up. This is one of the weirder things in the movie, and it's one of the things I don't really like. Was that they ran out of space at the at the morgue or at the coroner's, so the body had to be brought back to the house. So the body's just in the house. So also, there's this kind of feeling, and I kind of got this feeling as well. I was like, this is gonna turn into like a supernatural thing, where like he is actually the daddy, and he's just gonna wake up again, even though they've had all these fluids and his fucking organs drained out of him. He's just gonna be this formaldehyde daddy, like wandering around the house. I want to back you up a little bit. What's that? Because Daddy has a heart attack. Yeah, Daddy dies. Right. Yeah. So Daddy has a heart attack during this whole confrontation with Norval. Things got really heated. Um, an attempt on Norval's life is made. And then while this is all happening, Daddy just drops dead. Yeah. And Norval doesn't know what to do. He sees his father... She sees daddy laying on the ground and it's a shocking situation. He calls his mother, he calls the coroner and um, yeah, that's when the coroner comes by and says, oh, I'll bring the body back in a few days mm. or, or, or tomorrow. Yeah. He's like, why would that happen? Because they ran out of room. Yeah, I don't understand that. So you're right. Yeah, you don't know what's happening when daddy comes back. 
because daddy's in this room. Norval's sitting there for a couple of days, losing his mind, having nightmares. He's hearing noises. He went back to drinking, even though he, he had a did, yeah. he had dependency issues. He sure did. So he's decided, and there's noises in the house. There's a lot of like banging of metal and and stuff. Right. So, like um, you were saying, you don't know if this is like a supernatural element. Has Daddy come back? No. Um, what what is going on? Well, had, yeah. I mean, Daddy hasn't come back. I mean. He was he was the first daddy. We were about to be introduced to the second daddy, like the real daddy, right? Um, and I guess like this is where the film takes a massive turn. Like it, it basically all the horror elements are chucked out, and basically what we're what we're introduced to is more of the suspensey crime, uh, comedy caper that uh, that the film is. Yeah, um, because then we get to meet the other characters and find out why this daddy was doing these things and uh, what these noises are all about. Yes. So basically there's a basement and these criminals have put daddy in the basement. They put Norval's actual daddy and they chained him up. They kicked his head so hard that accidentally his ear came off. (laughs) And then what they reveal later is that they got him to eat his own ear. This I love so much. (laughs) This I love so much because Michael Smiley has been torturing this guy. Or, um, I think. No, or was it the other guy? Was it other daddy? I mean, both of them have been doing it. Right. So his ear gets kicked off. Yeah. And they gave him a choice. They gave actual daddy the choice to either eat his own ear or drink a cup of semen. Yes. And <laughs> he eats his own ear. And then Norval says to him, well, you know, there's a lot more protein and it's probably a lot better for you to drink the semen. And he goes, well, they were starving him. That's why he was so hungry. He yeah. said, well, the semen was yellow. Mm. Ew. Mm. Oh, That's why dear. he ate his ear. Yeah, there's a lot of like it's kind of yeah, there's a lot of kind of gross out stuff in the movie as well. I mean, he's like he comes back, he's like he's like here's a pen, I've covered it in my own my excrement. Yeah, I know it's excrement. Um, and he stabs <laughs> him with this shitty pen. And he's like, it's gonna stab you. Okay, <laughs> it's gonna cause an infection. Yeah, and you're gonna die. <laughs> Pooh pen. I mean, the thing is, like, it becomes more of like a crime caper at this point because what we reveal is that the daddy's been an estranged daddy because he's lived a, effectively a criminal life, and these people have come back into his life demanding that they get their money back because he stole money from them. Yeah, from a job they did in the past. So you're kind of then flung into like this, this, yeah, this kind of like criminal criminal element in the movie and i guess this is where it's this is where it becomes something a little bit different from what we were experiencing before yeah there's definitely a turn about halfway through the movie where it like you're saying it turns into more of a caper yeah it's a weird it's a weird thing because norval has to track down michael smiley and ends up in the trunk of his car um effectively on his dad's uh, request to murder him. So, like, the minute Second Daddy turns up and, like, all this stuff starts to happen, I feel like, I just feel like there's a lot other, like, a lot of little questions and things that I kind of want answered and and the fact that he just kind of goes along with what his, his new daddy is saying and, okay. and, like, just believing him and just going along with it and then Killing people. He's actively murdering people. I mean, they're trying to murder him, 
But, I mean, he murders that poor... I mean, they call him the hunchback. Dandy. Poor Dandy's just taking a poop. Yeah. And he walks in and obviously, you know, the toilet paper's still stuck to his ass. There's a lot. Like, it's 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 very funny. It's just like you're kind of just you're scratching your head a little bit. But, uh, like, he stabs him in the dick and then he fucking bashes his teeth out of his fucking mouth with that saran wrap. And yes. then he chokes him with the saran wrap. Yes. It's very brutal for what it is. And then I was, the entire time I was like, they called Dandy a hunchback. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he didn't look like a hunchback. No. He really didn't. Maybe it was just an in-joke that we didn't really get to discover. Maybe. A Quasimodo-looking motherfucker. <laughs> it was a real shame. A real shame. He was just doing the toilet. I don't, yeah, he was just porky pig in it. Yeah, um, yeah that's yeah. true. So another, yeah, another one of those occasions where we're like, Jesus Christ, someone's just not wearing pants. Um, He's Now it's going to be a Gutenberg. He's yeah. Gutenberg in it. He's going to, oh God, yeah, we can't do that. That is not going to happen. I'm not going to allow it to happen. No. Yeah, that's my thing now. I would much rather pull on the Disney or the Looney Tunes, like, dictionary of characters. Like, that whole... Nope. That whole thing, then fucking bring in Gutenberg into my life. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, this film film is funny, (laughs) I guess. Let's just say, like, keep it nice and short. Comedy of errors happens, and he ends up at this motel um, where where we followed one of the criminals because he's taken the suitcase tag off of his luggage, which basically uh, details the address of um, of Norval's mum and where she lives and stuff. So it's now brought her into the mess, and he's he's just a fucking crazy Irishman. He's gonna murder everybody for the revenge of 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 the of daddy's ills. And I guess that's that's how that's how the quote at the beginning of the movie makes sense, you know. It's like the sins of the father will be paid by the by the son. Yes. That quote. So it's very literal. Um but yeah, no, we're we're getting to the dick scene and we're at the motel. We're at the motel and apparently Norval needs to get to Michael Smiley um to get the luggage tag back so he can save his mom. So this is a little bit confusing, because I'm not too sure if he needed to get the luggage tag back, or he needed to murder Smiley. Maybe a bit of both. Right. Maybe one's more important than the other. I think he really wanted to get the address back, so he was worried about his mom. And uh, maybe he would murder him if he needed to. Many, Many people would take a moment of pause and just be like, well, look... Maybe I shouldn't murder this person. Maybe I should think about what I'm doing first before I decide to go through with it. Not in this type of movie. No, I guess not. Because then if there was any moment of pause, there would be no movie. This would be a drama. This would be a drama. Well, no, he would, yeah, he'd be sitting on a park bench in the dark, probably in the rain, just like thinking about what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. He'd go, why is my daddy such a bad daddy? I wish my daddy was in my life more. I wish I never came back to meet my daddy. Credits. Aphex Twin Track. Um, <laughs> Actually, yeah. Yeah. Well, this movie could have been a very different a very different film. Um, if it wasn't so funny and ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, based on the based on the subject, yeah. Well, all of the ca- all the characters are uh, are entertaining. They're all they're all parodies or some sort of like exaggeration of of, you know, people in real life because real people in real life don't behave this way. But uh, <laughs> the person who's watching the motel, he loves big boobs and that's his thing. So yeah, the motel guy loves big boobs. Who doesn't? Yeah, like huge boobs. Like he calls, he's got, it's like like his personalized license plate is Jugs. He was reading a copy of Jugs. 
you know. Okay, I don't remember that part. He's quite, yeah, he's quite easily swayed by uh, the prospect of seeing a woman with gigantic boobs. And that's how that's how Elijah Wood, who's all scarred up and fucked up from like fighting these these goons, basically Mm -hmm. uh, doing his daddy's will. He he basically distracts him with the prospect that there might be a woman with big boobs near his car. Yeah, that's what I kind of garnered from it. And by getting him to leave, he's able to get a whole bunch of uh, of hotel room keys. Now, just before this, there was the there was the prostitute who went into Smiley's room. Yes. Um, who just like puts people in headlocks and then you pay her money for it. Some people like that. Yeah, either way. She's like she looked like it's a kink. Yeah, she looked like she was out of glow. Like she was a she was, you know, quite Oh a, right, like a wrestler. Right, she was quite a hefty lass. She looked like she could put you in a headlock. I think she just like goes up to Elijah Wood. I thought it was really funny. She's like, get the fuck away from me, you little motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no, there's there's this big thing about like there's a bunch of geologists. And stuff. That's why he's not able to get a room. So there's a bunch of geologists there, right? And the the reason we know they're geologists is they have like little rocks and stuff on their windowsills. Okay. I guess I maybe I might have been the only person who noticed this, but there was a lot of rocks on like windowsills and stuff like that. But basically, they're geologists, but it's just a front because they're all just having they're just all having orgies. It's just a just hell a, yeah. It's just a swingers party, pretty much. Um, so he grabs all these keys and he tries to kind of go into one of the adjoining rooms. It's a really kind of like madcap moment where he's like grabbing keys, looking at the looking at the map, like the the, the geography of the rooms and like how you get into each room and all this sort of thing. He's, yeah, he's trying to get to hit, to Michael Smiley, and yeah. he ends up in the room with the geologist, as you say, right? And it is dark. The TV is playing porn. But it's on mute, right? It even look like porn, though. I assumed it was porn because... When the sound does go on, it sounds like porn. But there's no, yeah. there's no porn taking place. Well, I mean, you have to lead up to porn. A porn can't just... You know, you need a story, too. There's a lot of mumbling and moaning, though. Yeah, well, you got to have a little chat first. You got to sauce up the ladies. That's true. You got to answer the door. You got to either... Get... You got a pizza. Maybe you've got the whole cow at the bottom of the pizza box. And it's like a dick pizza, or yeah. or you're a plumber, like you're a man of like of. Got to fix the pipes. Yeah, you got pipes that need. You cleaning. need a preamble in order. So maybe mm-hmm. that was the preamble part. Yeah. That um that he walked in on, but everyone's in bed, they're asleep, but there's a pantsless man who's also gooting it. He's wearing a shirt. He's Porky Piggin. I'm not allowing you to do this. He's Porky Piggin. I'm going Piggin. to do it. Right. And then there's a couple other people in bed, so it looked like they just had a good old fashioned. It's an orgy if there's more than three people, right? Mm, I don't know if that's... What's a technical I term? I don't know if that's particularly... Because there's, there's still foursomes. Is there? Yeah, I'd say foursomes How many as people well. do you need to have an orgy? I Does think, it need to be like an odd number? I think it needs to be like... It needs to be like a bunch of couples. Like you can't just... No one's gangbanging on like one particular No, gangbang is completely different. You know, but like what I mean is like there has to be... I feel like there has to be like equal numbers so that everything kind of balances out. But you can you have can, five people and have an orgy. Yeah, you can. I mean, kick you can, out, you can, you know, like, yeah. Greg over here. Yeah, I mean, get out of here, Greg. It's all consensual. I mean, you have to, like, you know, you're just bouncing from person to person, or you're bouncing from couple to couple, you know. But uh, four people is not an orgy. You're saying? I'm saying I think in order for it to cl- clarify, like, you know, qualify as an orgy in, like, let's say in the Roman sense, right? Okay. It has to be more than five. Has more to than be. five? And it also has to be couples as well. I, I feel don't like think there has that to that's be true. that. I think you could have a bunch, you can have a bunch of 
singles. I feel like maybe me, I am and maybe in the more conservative camp and we're like everything has to be shared equally. I feel like you I know? need to Google how many people do you need for an orgy. Well look, end of the day, like none of the like the, we haven't got vomitoriums anymore. I'm just trying to make sure everyone gets a piece of their pie if they want one. Hey You know what I mean? There's not some poor sad sack just fucking jerking off in the corner, sitting in the corner chair. You know what I mean? Well, you can still be involved. I Anyway, I think that, that you seems, can have an orgy for four. That seems sad. And I just think everybody wants to get wants to get involved. They can. Either way, there's five people on this bed. There's five people? I think there's four. It's dark. It doesn't Lord, it doesn't matter. Okay, how I, many, well, I'm saying well, there's sorry, five. How many, many, be an orgy. How many folk can you fit on a queen-size bed? How many folk could we fit on our bed? Because our bed's a queen-size bed. You could probably fit three people. Comfortably. Three. But like, what if you're trying to do something on the bed, though? I mean, if you're trying to do an orgy on a queen-size bed, you could fit plenty of people, depending on what you're doing. I think some people might slip off. Like, a knee might fall off of the bed, and you maybe got to put your foot on the carpet. I mean, it's not like the the floor is lava or anything. You could get people around the floor. Yeah, I'm not saying, like, there's sharks in the carpet. There's no carpet sharks. But, like, obviously, Right. I think you could probably fit four people if you're doing an orgy on a queen-size bed. Okay. But if you're having a nap, side-by-side, maybe four. Yeah, I think if you're all spooning each other, maybe you can get to get the four in there under the covers. Okay, I think you know. they were in that situation. So yeah. let's just comfortably say there's four people on cool. that bed in the motel. Yeah, all right. Okay. So yeah, uh, Elijah Wood goes into the room, <laughs> 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 um, and he's got the keys, and he's trying to get into the adjoining room. Yes, and obviously TV's on. There's porno on the TV. Yes. Everybody's on the beds. Correct. Sleeping. He, so the way that we see it is he looks over, he glances over to the bed and it pans across. And there's, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's at least one girl in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I think it's like what you're saying. A couple girls, couple guys. Couple girls. Yeah. Couples, you know, keep it fair. And it, the camera pans. Well, can be. Well, the camera pans across to the man, gender. to the man, porky pig in it. And it's, you just see it resting on his thigh. Yes. Well, this is the first time we see it. It's resting on his thigh. It is indeed. It's not in focus because they're focused on their faces. And we're basically, it's not the most flattering of shots. Let's put it that way. But no. like it, it's, <laughs> it's from like their thigh and it's basically just going right, because they're lying down. It's from their thigh all the way across to their face. And obviously the penis is just there. Yeah. Yes. It is there. The man on the far left of the bed. Yes. And you see it several times um, yeah. throughout this interaction because uh, inevitably, because the TV is muted, it's got to turn on, right? So he has to, uh, Norval yes. has to step on the remote precisely on the mute button somehow, perfectly. Well, he steps on a used condom, first of all. He also, oh, yeah, he does do that. Yeah, he steps on a used condom. And people you, are being safe. He, nice. se- he steps on it in such a way it creates this horrible little cum bubble thing like in the bottom <laughs> of the fucking condom. You're just like, right, okay. And it's like, oh no, what's going to pop first? But no, he steps on the remote in uh, classic comedy fashion. Yes. Um, which, yeah, whether you like that or not, that's what happens. And it's very stressful. Everybody wakes up and like, here's the thing, like by the time he makes that mistake, he's then rushing to get into the room where Smiley and the and the wrestler are. Yeah, he never gave up and, and wanted to like run outside. No. He is still desperate to get in through the adjoining door instead of but here we are. I'll accept it. It's it, fine. Yeah. It's but a he... it's a comedy of errors that seems like but I mean what ends up what ends up happening, because we'll just we'll get this nice and fast because we then we get to the other bit of the deck. Um, he gets in there, Smiley's in, getting a headlock with this woman 
because that's what he wants. Yeah. Um, and then Christmas for whatever cake. reason, she gets up. They get they get Norval. He's in a headlock, and Norval had already picked up. I don't know what you call those things. Those little those little uh, needle things. You put the receipts and stuff on them. Yeah, I I, I do know not know the name them. of them, but you would see it at a maybe at a diner, a restaurant, and so you know when you're done with the check, you would pop the check on that needle yeah and you'd collect all your receipts on it yeah so yeah, either, using that as a weapon yeah i don't think before, i've seen before before he i'm sure it's been done before but before he goes to even inspect any of the rooms he slashes the tires of smiley's car oh yeah with the with the 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 the, the, the receipt poker let's say and uh this ends up being uh norval's Norval's weapon of choice because mm-hmm. he doesn't even really get to use the fucking thing. He ends up getting stabbed in the stomach by fucking Smiley. Maybe eight times. He just calls him all sorts of like horrible expletives and uh, then uh, gets the gets the poker all the way through his cheek. Yeah. And Smiley apologizes and says, "I was going for your ear." <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's during this altercation as he's being stabbed and being obviously stabbed in the face. Um, this is when we also see the concerned couple from the adjoining room. Yeah. You know, he's Porky Pig in it. He's got his T-shirt on and stuff like that. We see Isn't everything. It? She's like the, the woman in the group is also naked. I don't know where they're from. I was going to say Scandinavian. Okay. That was just my thing. They're very concerned and very worried because they had just witnessed a... Horrible. horrible crime. They have witnessed a crime. Even <laughs> the crime. even the prostitute was also kind of like, oh fuck. And then Smiley's screaming at her like as he's packing his suitcase, basically saying, "No, I saw you. I saw you like I saw you like choke him out. It's your fault. You've murdered someone." <laughs> he also yelled at her that she needed to wear some more deodorant. Just quite low blow. That is a little bit of a low blow. Not only do you, are you accused of murder, you're also accused of having having uh having bo yeah it's like you know insult to injury i had a kick a glorious lady of wrestling in the in the in the stomach in their armpit you know horrible my goodness we're kind of at the end of the movie here because that that penis scene i don't even think i mentioned it yet uh comes in at an hour 18 and six seconds yes There's not much of the movie left. No. He get, he confronts Smiley and then he ends up walking all the way home. Yeah. That's really kind of what happens. I really like that. There's that not scene. much. Yeah. There's not much of a resolution to the story other than like the people who you feel like are dispatched are dispatched. And then the movie kind of ends he with He never the gets intimation. an answer though from his father. He never gets an answer as to why he wanted to get in touch with him or why he contacted him. No. And that's kind of a bummer. It is a little bit of a bummer. But I... then, you know, his his father's a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, it seems that way. Although I he just... did fund his entire life, which is pretty solid. Yeah, supposedly he was living in a mansion. His mother was a prostitute and all this other sort of stuff. Like, a load of other things get revealed and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like, he doesn't get the answer he's looking for, which is kind of some sort of, basically the stepping stone to reconciliation with his father. That's what he's mm-hmm. looking for. Yep, never happens. And it never happens. Um, but, yeah, what a fun romp. I have a very interesting thing to tell you about this film. And I wasn't sure if I should bring it up earlier, and I didn't, so I'm going to tell you now. Well, I'm literally on the edge of my seat. You should be. So this movie actually came about from a bit of real-life truth uh, from Aunt Timpson, um, who watched his dad die right in front of him. Okay. And 
his dad's partner at the time, she had suggested that they keep the body in the house um, for five days okay. so that the family can come and reconcile their feelings and kind of chat with the, the father and, uh-huh. and, and just kind of grieve all together. And right. I guess this is kind of um, a Maori tradition because he's from New Zealand. Yeah. You know, it's Makes not, sense. I, I'm sure it's, it's common in certain, in, in certain cultures, but it wasn't common to him himself. He thought it was a little bit weird. But mm. he, they had the body embalmed, had it taken care of, brought back to the house. And, you know, they're going through the grieving process. But then people would come by the house, people he'd never met, and were, you know, also grieving and telling stories. And he's chatting with these people. And he's almost feeling like there's his father, like like he never knew him at all. Right, okay. You know, uh, just from meeting all these strangers and all these people. And then he was having weird dreams and these really surreal dreams while his, you know, deceased father is in his home. Okay. So um, from that is where he ended up talking to, what was his name? Toby Harvard about, you know, working on a script about this story. Okay. Okay. From that particular real life trauma. Yeah. From that traumatic event comes... The comedy come to dry, come to daddy. Well, it makes sense because we were saying before that you could have made this a really intense family drama. You could. Which you you do kind of work through it in a way in the beginning, but then mm-hmm. I think you know seeing how Aunt Timpson is and 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 the the kind of films that he likes and produces and works on, you could see why this would be more of a a cathartic thing to work through it as a comedy. Yeah. Because I think this is also the type of films he would like to watch with his father. Well, not, yeah, not to obviously, like, question his uh, his inspirations and things like that. But, yeah, I mean, you know, for, for some, for some, for some people, like, filmmaking is a, is a, you know, is a kind of therapy in itself. Yeah. I remember saying that in a, in a pitch meeting once and I got thrown out. What? Yeah. I wrote a story about uh, reconnecting with my father. And oh, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it was a rough one. It's, just, is... it's not it's not as funny. OK, I would say that much. You watch it and you're appalled by it, probably. Well, I'm really excited to see other kind of I, I've been enjoying like the SpectreVision uh, kind of company that Elijah Wood and, and a few other people have put together because we've seen some really cool movies come out of them, that company like Mandy and. Color out of space, stuff like that. So let's get into our ratings, um, which I'm annoyed that I have so far switched the visibility and context ratings to be separate. And I feel like I'm going to rate it the same for this movie as well. But it'll come a point, I swear, where we'll have a movie where the visibility rating and the context rating are starkly different. Um, But for now, I'm just going to keep doing my best. Okay, so what what would you say? So in terms of visibility, it's five. Okay. Five stars, visibility, and context, maybe just for fun, I'll give it a 4.5. Okay. Because it is, he's getting snuck in on, and it's a little, you know, a little creepy. Okay. And he obviously, you know, this this naked man doesn't want to see someone get, you know, an attempted murder. 
No, no, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's 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 intent on saying that. I'll, I mean, I'm I'm just going to agree with you because I didn't really think about it any more than that. Than just like <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be marked relatively quite quite high. Yeah, it's just kind of it's like an extra layer to something that's already relatively quite ridiculous. So you know why not why not just have someone with their dick out? You yeah, know? it's definitely played for comedy. Um, not that his this man's penis is is played for comedy it's more just you know the situation that norval gets himself into and then these poor people are privy to this other horrible situation yeah um just when they wanted to have a good old-fashioned orgy yeah foursome Mm -hmm. you know yeah either way either way it's what (laughs) i mean it's yeah i mean it's it's what it is so what did you rate this film overall ryan three okay it's slightly better than average, just purely because it did make me laugh. But it just kind of falls into... It's not as good as other films of its ilk, I would say. Like, comedy horrors of, like, the past... Like, of the last, say, you know, even, like, the last decade or something like that, where there's been more of a resurgence of it. Um, yeah, I don't think this one's as good as those ones. You're going to have to point some out to me so we can watch them. I think Happy Death Day is a better film than this one. Oh, I like this one better. Because it really play, it plays, it just plays in a lot harder. This one, I feel like it's like skating a really f- fine line. And I think it, I think it points, it does it really well. And certainly everyone's a caricature. But then when the film stops being kind of a horror, like, and it kind of takes away a lot of the suspense and all that sort of stuff, I'm like, ah, now it's just a, now it's, yeah, now it's just a kind of silly, like a silly crime caper. And I kind of lose a little bit of interest in it. That whole motel scene thing, and I mean, I know, I know there's a dick there. That whole holds hotel, that motel sequence, just kind of makes me beg belief, and I start to kind of lose a little bit of attention at that point. Um, I'm quite happy for the film to have finished by that time. <laughs> I, I do start to question everyone's behavior, and I'm like, "What are you doing this for? Why are you doing this?" I love the beginning of this film so much it is funny it's uncomfortable it's tense awkward and you don't know what's happening and i really 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 like it up until you get to daddy switch and 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 you go through the rest of the journey yeah and that's my favorite part of this movie and also you Mm -hmm. get to be in that really cool house that looks like a ufo on the water and it's so beautiful and such an interesting spot to have a have a story be told and I kind of want to be in that house. I think it's really nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I do agree with you that when you get into the later part of the movie, even though you have the addition of Michael Smiley, who's lovely and so fun to watch and was apparently um, ad-libbing and, and like Im- improv. He was yeah. like doing a lot of improv for the uh, for that part of the film. Hi. Well, Michael Smiley is also in Sensor. Awesome. He plays a he plays, uh, film producer in that movie. He's very good in that movie. He's great. Actually, yeah. He's probably one of the standout parts of that movie. He's great to watch. And so, you know, him coming in t- towards the end of the, uh, you know, the middle of the film is is awesome and, and super fun to watch. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. But I gave this film four stars and I'm very happy about that score. And I would watch this movie again because I've seen it twice already. And uh, I enjoy it very much. Good. I think it's funny. Okay. And there's a wiener in it. Well, gee golly, thanks so much, Ryan, for being here with me today and letting me watch an Elijah Wood movie with you. That's fine. I don't know if there's any more Elijah Wood movies that we're going to have to see. I'm going to find them if there are. Oh, okay. Don't worry about that. Yeah. 
Frodo with, what do they call these swords? Sting? Sting. Sting. Yeah, it glows when there's, mm-hmm. I think when there's goblins around. When there's danger. Not no. just danger, it's like very specific. Oh, is it only just goblins? I think it's just goblins. Oh, okay. I don't think it's orcs. Oh, God, some... I used to be the nerd that would kill me if I got that wrong. Oh, uh, that was why... Shit. That's why it didn't glow when, when they were, saw the spider. Correct. Oh, uh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for being here with us today. Uh, coming to you from the trunk of Michael Smiley's car, I have been Laura. Uh, I'm Ryan. See you next time. Goodbye. Thank <laughs> you.